Pastor Xavier Reese says, Christianity doesn't define who you are, but whose you are. Set apart for a purpose. 2 Corinthians 6 says this, Paul the Apostle says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be a son and a daughter, says the Lord God Almighty. We live in the world, but not of the world. We're no longer there. Therefore, we break all things that would take us away from God and compromise our temples. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's understood that the theme running through the Old Testament book of Judges is everybody did what was right in his own eyes. However, if you're earnestly seeking to do the will of God, Pastor Xavier says the one and only place you're going to find it is in the Word of God. Just as the simple truth of Proverbs 3 promises, if we lean not on our own understanding and in all ways acknowledge Him, He will direct our paths. And so, providing an introduction to a brand new study series of the book of Judges, here's Pastor Xavier. The book of Judges is God's record of a nation and a people who despised having everything going for them. They failed to obtain what God was going to give to them and had given to them. It was theirs. They failed. The book is a record of spiritual failure and defeat in contrast to the book of Joshua. This is a continuation of that history. Defeats. The book is a picture of social, political, and spiritual anarchy, total confusion and disorder due to disobedience and compromise. Keep in mind, these are the people of God. We're not talking to pagans. We're talking to the people of God. There's a repetitive cycle, apostasy, bondage, crying out for deliverance, deliverance, brief obedience, and then apostasy again. Sound familiar to the life of some Christians? It's too bad too many Christians live there all the time. You just can't ever get over that hump. The book of Judges stands in the period between Joshua and the reign of Saul when the kingdom was going from a theocracy to a monarchy, Samuel being the last judge. If you add up all the years of the period of the judges, it comes to about 410 years. But that's too long for it to fit properly. So most likely some of these judges are overlapped. And it's believed to be about 3, 301, 305, somewhere in there, the total composite period of time. You're talking about the days between 375 to 1075 B.C., Now, the last time I taught this book, the book of Judges, was the first quarter of 1983. It was during the revival period of the Jesus people, about 10 years after the initial revival, and it was still going on. People were on fire for the Lord's return. People wanted to get people saved. And it was all in the midst of a sexual and drug revolution. And God used that to reach many young people. Now, 30 years later, I have not moved from my message. I have not moved. America has moved. Society has moved. And because I keep giving the same message, and the farther America goes to the left, the more extreme I sound. No, they have moved extremely to the left. That's what has happened. 
Even as Belshazzar saw the writing on the wall that night as he indulged himself in the drunken feast and his life was taken from him, we certainly can see that writing on the wall for America and the world. 30 years later, we're still here. And certainly, we have seen the incredible decay in our nation of morality, ethics, and family, loss of wealth, patriotism, the erosion of our liberty and freedom of speech, the Trojan horse, I've told you, has been public education, the universities, through indoctrination. And now we are seeing compulsive legislation to force Americans to corrupt their children. We see it now. We see it coming. A few recent examples, the appealing of the marriage being defined between a man and a woman, Prop 22, it passed by 61%, Prop 8. Passed by 52.24%, yet on November 4th of 2008, by the California Supreme Court, they said it was unconstitutional. And so they threw out our vote. You have Bill AB 1266 by Governor Jerry Brown, who signed to allow our children to choose what bathroom they want to use, to walk any locker they want, depending on their gender, corrupting and perverting our children. Last year, It was a law to pass that homosexuality be taught from kindergarten up. Let me ask you, what does a kindergarten need to know about homosexuality? We see the corruption from within. Jesus said to the Pharisees that they were hypocrites because they could discern the weather by the sign of the day. Yet they could not discern the sign of the time in relationship to the word of God in Matthew 16, 1 through 3. The believer today is to understand the sign of the times in relationship to the coming of the Lord for his church and for the second coming as we look at the world and what's going on. The book of Judges is the blueprint of what a nation or a person must do to destroy themselves and it guaranteed to work. So if you're interested in destroying your life, take good notes because this is exactly what America has done. I want to look at a broad view of the book of Judges in terms of five key elements that are responsible for an ungodly, decaying society. But the first one is the failure to follow strong leadership. Secondly, failure to drive out the unclean and the ungodly out of our lives. Thirdly, the failure of believers to marry unbelievers. Fourth, the failure of sincere repentance. And fifth, the failure of a generation that neither knows the Lord nor the work of the Lord. The fifth is the sum total of the four that begins. Now, let's begin here first with the failure to follow strong leadership. Judges continues, the book of Joshua, literally. So Joshua in his farewell speech in, in Joshua 24 left the people with a strong leadership having entered and possess much of the land. In fact, in Joshua 24, 19 through 21, it says, But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord Yahweh, for he is holy, a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your trespasses nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord Yahweh. Yeah, we've heard those words before. This is God's record. 
In fact, in verse 22 and 23 of Joshua 24, Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord Yahweh for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, put away your foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord Yahweh God, Elohim of Israel. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day in verse 25 through 27. It made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and, and took a large stone and he set it up under the oak that was in the sanctuary by the Lord Yahweh. And Joshua said to all the people, listen to his words, Behold, this day shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord Yahweh which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God." They were witnesses against themselves. Israel served the Lord, verse 31 says, all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Joshua, the elders, and that's it. That isn't far enough. The book of Judges confirms the record and the recorded words of Joshua's leadership. In Joshua 24, 29, we get the death of Joshua. He has already died. When you get to chapter 1 and chapter 2, it's a confirmation. In chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, that Joshua died. He doesn't die a second time. He's bridging between the two, okay? So the first two chapters is supplementary information as God spoke to them in order to lead them beyond the days of Joshua, to continue to conquer the land. The tragic record of the refusal to follow the strong leadership is engraved forever. You look at Judges uh, chapter 2, verse 10 and 12. Uh, it says, When all the generations had been uh, gathered to their fathers, another generation rose up after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, the sensual gods. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers whom had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them and they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord Yahweh to anger, all capital letters, the covenant God. They provoked it, knowing what they were to do, what they were not to do, they still did it. The two key phrases to describe the character of the period of Judges are as follows. First, every man was doing what was right in their own eyes. Judges 17.6 and 21.25. Today, anarchy. Everybody doing whatever they want. Subjective, amoral, existentialistic philosophy. Nobody can judge your values because yours are yours alone and no one can think and judge the way you do. Wow. The second is in those days there was no king in Israel, Judges 17, 6, 18, 1, 19, 1, 21, 25, four times. No authority, no headship. All the confusion, disobedience is directly related to no real leadership. You want to go to church where there is a healthy, strong, and consistent leadership who walking and have walked with God for years. Very important. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 
3, 13 through 15. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Timothy, you, 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 you've seen the leadership. you followed it. Now you're the leader. Now pass it on down. Raise up leaders. It's got to go beyond you. You want to sit under teachers and leaders who have proven themselves to the Lord and in the Lord through their lives and their teaching and that they're living what they're teaching. Paul tells Timothy, let no one despise your youth. Be an example to the believer in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation and doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy of the laying of the hands of the leadership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 15. The people have their eyes on leaders. Those leaders have a great responsibility. We've been studying James. Yes, let there not be many teachers, for to them was the greater condemnation, greater judgment. And unless God has put you there, you don't want to be in that position. You call yourself, you're not able to do this. You're not able to handle the testings and everything else. Even those who are called, they will be proven. Some will pass, some will fail. You want to serve leadership who will hold you accountable to the word of God. Never beyond it. You have to be careful of this, where people just bully the people of God. My authority stops at the scriptures. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you, and be submissive to those who watch for your souls, as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. The failure to follow strong leadership will result in an ungodly, decaying society inside the church. We are not the secular, but inside the church. Notice, secondly, the failure to drive out the unclean and ungodly out of our lives is the second key element. The book of Judges reveals the compromise of a sanctified life in the Lord. In chapter 1 here of Judges, the people failed to drive out the people to possess their inheritance even though God had given it to them. Let's understand this. The land was theirs. They failed to take the land. In chapter 1, verse 21, it says they failed to trust the Lord, but the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. Not that they couldn't defeat them. They compromised. They didn't defeat them. They failed to depend on the Lord. It says, however, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bethshem and his villages Takna and his villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and his villages, and the inhabitants of Iblim and his villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and his villages, for the Canaanites were determined to dwell in the land. Verse 27. The enemy is always determined to dwell in the land. You must drive him out. Satan will give no ground. Your flesh will give no ground. In verse 28, they became complacent. And it came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites under tribute but did not completely drive them out. So let's make a compromise. We'll put you to work for us. Really? There are churches who have elders and deacons and that, and they're total pagans. They're not born again. How can you do that? The same is stated of Ephraim, Zebulun, Asher, Asher and Naphtali in verse 29 to 33. No different. 
Notice the consequence is that God allowed them to reap their compromise. Look at chapter 2, verse 3. He did so to bear the weight of their sin and discomfort and pain. Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. A stumbling stone, an ensnarement, an entrapment. In chapter 2, verse 21 and 22, to test those who would be obedient, because God doesn't just cast out the obedient with the disobedient, though it's an exception. Now the book of Judges, you have total bondage, compromise, disobedience. But in this period, you have to put the book of Ruth. You have a group of people praising God, worshiping God, God blessing them, directing and guiding them. They're dependent upon him. The book of Judges, the church of Laodicea. The book of Ruth, the church of Philadelphia. They're both in the same period. All right? The majority, lukewarm, doing their thing. The minority, trusting God, looking to him. Wow. So verse 21 and 22, to test those who would be obedient. I also will no longer drive out from before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I will test Israel whether they will keep the ways of the Lord Yahweh to walk in them and their fathers kept, as their fathers kept them or not. Everybody gets to choose. The standard had been required of their father Abraham, as you know, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It was no different. Now the Lord God said to Abraham, get out of your country, your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse those that curse you. And you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The same standard. Abraham had to separate his own family. It's no different when you come to the Lord. I came to the Lord. When I got saved, I turned. I didn't live the way I used to live. I was an example to my parents. I prayed for my parents. I shared the gospel with my parents. I didn't go along with my parents. My friends, you remember growing up how you learned the wicked and the evil things of other people who were older. And then you pass them off to somebody else. You were influenced by all those things. You learned them. God had warned them in the law that the land wouldn't, would vomit them out. As the previous inhabitants, listen to Leviticus 18, 26 to 29. You shall therefore keep my statutes, my judgments. You shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among you. For all these abominations the men of the land have done, who were before you, and thus the land is defiled. Lest the land vomit you out also when you defiled it, as it vomited out the nations that were before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the person who commits them shall be cut off from among the people. The land vomited the inhabitants. God was giving the land and it was using Israel as a judgment over them and giving it to them. These are the perils of adversity that Moses warned the second generation before they went in in Deuteronomy 6, 16 through 19. Listen there. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. This is the second generation before they went in. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, his testimony, his statutes, which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good of the land from which the Lord has sworn to your fathers to cast out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. God was very, very specific. 
In fact, in Deuteronomy 7, 1 and 2, he says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations from before you, the Hittites, the Gershites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivered them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall not make covenant with them nor show mercy to them. God says you wipe them out. Like a ravenous dog who's got rabies. He's about to die. You don't go up and pet it. You don't make them your friend. God says you destroy them or they will destroy you. Deuteronomy 7, 5 through 6. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images, burn their carved images with fire. These are all the sexual objects of idolatry in the mountains and the valleys. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has spoken to you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all people on the face of the earth. It's the same for us, Peter tells us, a peculiar people, holy unto him. Now, God is very specific in the New Testament about our sanctification. We live in the world, but not of the world. We're no longer there. Therefore, we break all things that would take us away from God, compromise or tempt us in those areas. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18 says this. Paul the Apostle says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the, what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be a son and a daughter, says the Lord God Almighty. When I got saved, I turned around. I didn't go party the way I used to. I still ministered to some of my friends, but I didn't hang out with them all the time. We want to remove ourselves from the things that would inflame our passions. Paul the Apostle says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 4 through 7, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess your own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passions of lust, lest like the Gentiles who do not know God that no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarn you and testify for God did not call us to uncleanness but to holiness. So God is talking to Christians. Christians, you guys think that you can still be out there jumping in bed? You think whether you're fornicating or adultery? He says, God will get you. You'll reap to what you sow. You'll make a destruction of your life and the life of others. He says, this is what you used to do before. You don't do that anymore. We're aware that our own body is the temple of God. I've been set free from drinking, from drugs, from smoking, from carousing. There's a change. Now the new emergent church, it doesn't make that sanctified life. You have pastors cussing from the pulpit. You have pastors having beer bashes with their elder. If that's what's happening in the pulpit, what is happening in the pew? Paul the Apostle, the composite of Romans, after 11 chapters, he says, I beseech you by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, which is your reasonable service. And be not fashioned to this world system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove what is that good, accepting the perfect will of God. It's the least we can do for all that he's done for us. We can do it. We as Christians, we can do it because God has enabled us. A Christian can only say, I will not. A Christian cannot say, I cannot. God has enabled us, ladies and gentlemen. And when I fail, I need to acknowledge it and confess it and ask forgiveness and stay on track. The failure to drive out the unclean and ungodly out of our lives will result in an ungodly, decaying society. 
within the church and the world. Pastor Xavier Reese has been setting the stage for an incriminating look at the church by observing the nation of Israel in the time of the judges. And you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Now, we've had to break for today only partway through this message, but if your schedule permits you to tune in next time for the conclusion, as always, you can pick up a copy of this study. And the title you want to ask for is simply Elements for Godless Living. It's available on CD for just $4. Now, that title again is Elements for Godless Living, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California, www.calvarychapelpasadena.com.